0: Okay, here we go, client parak. Hey, Mission Aleph. Karam Shachorav, the halocha of a vineyard that was destroyed, goes like this. In the previous parak, we discussed the halocha of Karachas HaKaram and Machoil Karam, a space in the middle of a vineyard whose vines were destroyed or cleared away. This parak is going to discuss the halochas for a vineyard whose vines were destroyed or removed from different parts of the entire vineyard. So, Karam Shachorav, the the haloha of a vineyard that was destroyed, goes like this. If there's still enough grapevines in it to gather ten vines in a Beisau, that means that there remains at least ten vines in an area the size of a Beisau, which is 50 by 50 Amis, or 2,500 square Amis. When a Toyske they're planted, according to the Halacha, of a vineyard, which is 5 of them, at least five of the remaining ten vines are arranged in a classic pattern of two facing two and one sticking out like a tail they are also within 16 of each other and thus able to combine to form a vineyard this area is called a poor vineyard and the entire Basel continues to have the halachic status of a vineyard a poor vineyard is a vineyard that is poor in vines and nevertheless is still considered a vineyard for this reason it's still also to plant seeds anywhere in the Beysa. However, this is so only because there are some vines that can still qualify as vineyard by themselves, two facing two and one sticking out like a tail. If there are not, the vineyard designation is lost from the area, even though there are still ten vines in the Beysa. It is then permitted to plant seeds six tochem away from any of the vines. The Mishnah now turns to discuss the haloch of a vineyard that contains many vines, but they're not planted in rows. It's lacking the basic structure of a vineyard of sh'taim sh'taim of So, Karam Shunatua, The halacha for a vineyard that was planted in a jumble. If there are five vines anywhere in the vineyard that can be lined up in a pattern of two straight rows with two vines facing three vines, that is, if anywhere in the random patterns of vines there can be found five vines that are arranged in two parallel rows with two vines in each row facing each other with a third one, that's Yoitzizanov. In order to be considered facing each other, the trunks of the vines must be opposite each other, not just the branches and leaves. Grapevines have relatively thin trunks, but bushy branches and leaves. So it's very possible for the leaves to be directly opposite each other without the trunks being so. Sahareza karem. The jumble of vines is considered a vineyard, and all the other vines are considered to be part of it, even the ones that do not line up facing each other. So it's going to be awesome to plant seeds anywhere in this vineyard. Vimlav ain't a If not, the jumble of vines is not considered a vineyard. Rather, they are treated as a collection of individual vines, and seeds may be planted in the middle of the vineyard, provided they are not within six Tvachim, which is one Amma, of any vine. Rib Meir however, Reb Meir says, since from a distance it resembles the structure of a vineyard, it's considered a vineyard even when there are no five vines that are lined opposite each other in a pattern of or as in this case. Although the vines do not meet the, the requirements of a vineyard, since there are so many vines in this field, people may believe people may believe it to be planted in proper rows when they look at the vineyard from a distance. The Chacham therefore decreed that this collection of vines must be treated as a vineyard. Mishnah Beis If a vineyard is planted in rows that are less than four amas apart from each other, Repshim says it's not considered a vineyard. Even if the vines are planted in a way that would otherwise qualify them as a vineyard, they do not qualify if there is less than four ammets of empty space between the rows. This is because a grower does not have the space he needs to be able to plow with his oxen between the rows or bring his wagon to harvest the fruit. Since this group of vines does not qualify as a vineyard, the vines are treated simply as individual vines and as motor to plant until six twachim away from them. And Chachamim say... It's considered a vineyard, and we view the middle rows, the ones whose presence causes the other rows to be less than four almas apart, as though they are not there. For example, if there were five rows of vines planted three almas apart from one another, we view rows two and four as if they were not there, so that rows one, three, and five are now six almas apart and combine to form a vineyard. It is common for people to overplant a vineyard, then uproot the weaker vines used as firewood while leaving the stronger ones. So, the fact that he planted too many vines in this base does not prove that he plans to keep all of them. Since in our case the middle rows prevent the other vines from being worked, pro- being worked properly, they are presumably destined to be removed and used simply for their wood. We may therefore regard them even now as if they are simply wood and not fruit bearing vines. Mishnah Gimel. If there is a ditch that passes through a vineyard, Omer Kasor of it's 10 tochim deep and 4 wide. We learned in Perik Dalar Gimel that a ditch that's ten Tvachim deep and a four Tvachim wide serves as a divider for client purposes. This allows the grower to plant a vineyard on one side of it and seeds on the other side. So this mission is going to discuss the halocha of the ditch itself. So if it goes completely through the vineyard from one end of it to the other, then the inside of the ditch appears to be like an independent area between two vineyards, and we may plant seeds inside it. Since the ditch runs through the entire vineyard and divides it, it doesn't look like it's part of the vineyard. And since the ditch is ten toachim deep and four wide, it's halachically considered an independent area, and seeds may therefore be planted in it. Vim lav. But if it doesn't go completely through the vineyard, or it's not ten toachim deep or four wide, that is the ditch is ten tochim deep and four wide, but doesn't extend from one end of the vineyard to the other. Rather it's surrounded by vineyard on three sides. Harehu Kagas, the ditch is treated like a wine press dug in the middle of a vineyard, where seeds may not be planted, as the Mishnah will now explain. If the ditch is not ten toachim deep or four toachim wide, it does not divide the vineyard, and it also lacks the measurements to be considered a place of its own right on its own right. If it is ten deep and four wide, it does have the measurements needed to be considered a place of its own, of its own. However, since it does not cut through the entire vineyard, it doesn't appear to be a separate area that is independent of the vineyard. It looks rather like a place inside a vineyard. It is therefore subject to the same as the wine press in a vineyard. As the Mishnah will now explain, the Chachamim asred planting seeds in a wine press in a vineyard according to the accepted halacha. And now that we compare the ditch to the winepress, the Mishnah will now teach the halacha of a winepress. A Hagashah bekarim, F'Yavah Wine Press that's dug inside a vineyard, Amuka Asora V'Rochva arbo, with ten twachim deep and four twachim wide. It's a machlekes. Rabbi Rabbi says we may plant seeds inside it, since it's ten twachim deep and four twachim wide. The winepress was a pit in the ground, whose walls were covered with plaster to seal it. Grapes were pressed in it, and their fruit collected in the pit. Since the pit is ten twachim deep and four twachim wide, it's big enough to qualify as its own rishus. The say, the planting inside the gas inside the wine press. Even though, the wine press's walls indeed serve as a mechitza, the rabbanon aser planting seeds in the wine press. This is because the airspace of the vineyard surrounds it. This this is a fact that it's submerged within the airspace in which the vines are growing, makes it appear to be part of the vineyard and not a separate place of its own. It's more like a maris type of thing than an actual climate It seems like. Lesmaniakov Lesben ruled above that we may not plant seeds in a ditch that does not go completely through a vineyard follows the view of the Chachamim in regard to the wine press. He considers the ditch that's surrounded on three sides by the vineyard to be the same as a press in a vineyard. However, when the ditch does not cut through the vineyard from one end to the other, it is no longer completely within the airspace of the vineyard since the vineyard itself has been divided into two. Shei if there's a watchman's mound inside a vineyard, if there was a small hill on which a watchman, or shoimer, can stand on and look over the tops of the vines to watch the vineyard, if it was 10 and 4 hay, which would mean it would be its own rishos, we may plant seeds in it, meaning on top of that mound. Since it's 10 high and 4 hay, the top of the mound is considered a separate area. Even the chachamim, Upaskin earlier that we cannot plant in a winepress of these dimensions, of this sheer, they agree that a lookout mound is different. Unlike a winepress, the top of the mound is not surrounded by the earspace of inner carrot. It's like a mountain that's sticking out because of its height. And therefore, it can't be considered even in the Rabbonon. The Rabbonon would agree that it's a place of its own. If there were vine branches from both sides of the mound that were intertwined they became entangled, the literal translation is banging here. The shoots and branches on top of the vine resemble here when they grow together and intertwine on top of the mound. This resembles a mortar and a pestle called a mach So that's the Lushen of seir Osir. Oh, so if there were vine branches from both sides of the mound that were intertwined over the top of the mountain, over the top of this mound, oh, sir, it's forbidden to plant on the mound because it's no longer considered to be separate from the vineyard. The overhanging branches... Are mevatel, the mechits, are created by the size of the mound. So the top of the mound is no longer considered separate from the surrounding vineyard and it's all mu'riv together, so you can't plant there. Mishnah Dalit. Gafan Neka. The Mishnah is now going to discuss another aloha about planting in a wine press that's in the grapevine. Uh, but this Mishnah is going to be discussing a wine press that's not in the vineyard. So, if a grapevine is planted and growing inside a wine press or inside a cleft in the ground, a neka, would be a cleft, is a naturally occurring crack in the ground which can be fairly long and somewhat wide and deep. And the grower wishes to plant seeds inside the wine press or cleft, and an erichin nekoem, nekoem, in the fields. So, nice and lovely. Also, we give the grapevine six tefach work area, and if we plant the rest of the wine press or cleft with Seeds of whatever he wants, since it's a single vine, its work area is just six t'vachim. The Mishnah teaches that even though the grapevine is growing in an enclosed area, which makes everything planted within and the area looks more like klaim, it is nevertheless mutter to plant seeds there, with just the usual separation of six t'vachim. says, Yossi Yomer, says, "If there are less than four amis by four amos in the wine press or cleft, he may not bring seeds and plants and plant them there. However, if the wine press." or neka, the cleft, as four amids by four amis he may plant seeds up to six twachim away from the vine. Ribesi says the following, far we learned in the beginning of Perik Dalit that if a vineyard is surrounded by a wall, the empty space between the edge of the vineyard and the wall is considered to be part of the vineyard unless it's large enough to be considered a significant space in its own right. This was the case of the that was that was mentioned over there. Ribesi argues that the same should apply to a single vine as well, as long as... It's surrounded by a wall. For example, the sides of the wine press are cleft. The enclosed area is considered secondary to the vine, unless there's enough empty space in the enclosed area to be considered significant in its own right. It is therefore forbidden to plant seeds in the wine press or cleft, unless the enclosed area is four amus by four amus. If the enclosed area is this big, it's permitted to plant seeds until six wacham away from the vine. Fahabay Shabakaram, if there's a house inside a vineyard, Zaran Besaicha, you may plant seeds inside the house since the walls of the house separate the inside from the vineyard around it. The Mishnah teaches us that even though the vines surround the house on all sides, they are not mevatel, the mechitzes of the house, to acid the seeds. Rather, the walls are considered mechitzes despite being surrounded by the vines, because the walls have a roof on top of them to help separate the inside of the house completely from the surrounding vines. This is learned out of a posuk, as the Toysi Shanta brings from Yerushalmi. Okay. Hanayteya hay. Okay in the previous parak Basil and had a how many rows of a vineyard become ulcer when seeds are planted within a four armor work area outside the vineyard Bashami says that one row is ulcer and Basil says two rows. Armish is going to teach how many rows become ulcer when the seeds are planted inside the vineyard If a person plants vegetables in a vineyard and they take root, Oimekayim, where he sees vegetables growing in his vineyard and he maintains them. He doesn't pull them out. This will assert the surrounding 45 vines. 45 vines surrounding the vegetables, as well as the vegetables themselves, become forbidden, become as Kilei Hakkarim. This is in the case of a vineyard with at least nine rows, each containing nine vines. So nine times nine. And in a standard vineyard, these rows are four amas apart from one another. The reason for this is that a forbidden plant inside a vineyard prohibits all the vines that are within 16 Amis of it in every direction. Thus, if vegetables are planted around the center vine, we need to draw a circle around them with a radius of 16 Amis. In a vineyard which the rows are four Amis away from one another, both horizontally and vertically, the the circle will contain 45 vines. The four Amis separating the rows does not include the thickness of the vines themselves. For this reason, the last row of the vines falls just right outside the 16 ama circle. So aim aside, When is this so? In what case do the vegetables prohibit 45 vines? When the vines are planted in rows, that there are 4 amas apart or 5 Amars apart. When the rows are planted 5 Amars apart, a circle with a 16 ama radius will not contain 45 vines, only 37. Since the rows are 5 amas apart, only 3 rows fit into the 16 Amar radius of the circle, not 4. Nevertheless, the Mishnah says that 45 vines are also. Taisus explains that this is because the Chacham were concerned that people observing this vineyard might not be able to tell that the rows were five amas apart, and will assume that they were the standard four amas apart. If they saw only 37 vines being removed, they would then assume that this is all that needs to be removed, even in a standard vineyard. To prevent this mistake, the Chacham required that the five amas vineyard be treated the same as a standard four amas vineyard, with 45 vines being forbidden for benefit. However, if they are planted in rows that are 6 amas or 7 amas apart, the vegetables asser only the vines that are actually within 16 amas in every direction. A vineyard whose rows are separated by spaces of 6 to 7 amas will not be mistaken for the standard 4 amas separations. The chacham and therefore do not decree in this case the additional vines will be answer. So, in the case of 6 to 7 amas rows, just 21 vines will be prohibited. The 16 omits that are measured are as a circle and not as a square. That is, we don't measure 16 omits in each of the four directions and then connect these points by drawing a square. Rather, we measure 16 omits around the vegetables in a circle, and only the vines within the circle will come. Also, this is a kula, since the square would include much more vines than the circle. Um, the the Meaning that the, the square would be a square that would be surrounding the circle. So the corners, because the circle doesn't have corners, all those things, all those vines that would be in the corners, because we're measuring it with a circle, that's not going to become oser, that's going to be motor. So that's why we end up with less if we have a circle, and that's the kula that we're talking about over here. Mishnah Vav. Haraya Yarek Bakara. We learned in the previous Mishnah that maintaining climb in a vineyard is prohibits the process just as planting does. So, Harayo Yaruk if a person sees a vegetable growing in the vineyard, if he says when I reach it, I'll pick it, it's Mutter The mission speaks of a case where the vegetable grew on its own without his planting it. At the time he discovered it, he was busy doing other work and didn't stop what he was doing to go and uproot the vegetable. However, he expressed his intention to go and uproot it as soon as he finished his work. The mere fact that the vegetable was growing in his vineyard is not enough to alter. A vineyard doesn't become asser as klayim until the owner becomes aware. Of a foreign plant growing there, and he neglects to uproot it. Padafka, meaning he, he's Peshea. This is learned from the Isra of planted climb, Just as planted climb in a vineyard it prohibits it only when it's done with the owner's approval, so to maintain a climb does not prohibit it until the owner has approved of its continued growth, even for a short time. If it grows without his knowledge or approval, it does not become User. Shale it doesn't work. So it's Mutter. Why? The vegetables and the vines are both mortar, even if some time passed when he first saw the vegetable, until he actually uprooted it. He is not required to drop everything and go immediately to uproot it. Rather, he can wait until he's finished doing what he was busy with and then go and uproot the climb. For this reason, he is not considered to have approved proof that it continued growth the climb during that period because he did not neglect to uproot the vegetable. He merely didn't have a chance to get to it. However, if he passed by the vegetable and says, when I return it, I will pick it, so, then if the growth increased by a 200th before he returned, it's forbidden, like Kili HaKaram. Since he had the opportunity to uproot it when it was in front of him, and he did not, he was mekayim Kleim by allowing it to continue growing when he could have removed it. For produce to become Ulcer on account of being mekayim Kleim, it must grow the 200th of its size after it was maintained. This means that the new growth must equal to half a percent of the total current size of the vegetable. The reason for this is as follows. The so part of the vegetable that grew before you became aware of it, is mutter, as we just mentioned. It's only what grew afterwards that's oser. However, this new part is mixed in with the rest of the vegetable, and therefore, bottle bereiv. Now, midirah bonon becomes bottle in a ratio of 200 to 1. That is, there must be 200 permitted parts for every one part that becomes oser in order to nullify it and permit the mixture. Thus, once the new growth is equal to one part and two hundredth of the current size of the vegetable, the ratio of the original to the new is only 199 to 1, and the forbidden growth can no longer be nullified. As a result, the entire vegetable becomes forbidden because it's less than 200. The same is true for the grapes. They don't become ulcer unless they increase to a point where their new growth is one to a hundredth of their size. An increase of 1 200th is needed only for a client that grew without his knowledge and was then maintained. If someone plants a vegetable in a vineyard, the vegetable comes forbidden as soon as it takes root. An increase of 1 200th is calculated according to the amount of time it would take the vegetable to dry completely out completely for a picnab. For example, if it would take 100 hours for it to dry out, then if you neglected to uproot the vegetable for a half hour, it's considered it to have increased in size by 1 200th. In the previous Mishnah, we learned that if a vegetable grows on its own in a vineyard, it doesn't become awesome until the owner discovers it and allows it to continue growing. So, if a person was passing through his vineyard carrying grain seeds and some seeds fell from him without realizing it, or if the seeds are accidentally released into the vineyard with fertilizer or with water, the grower spread fertilizer in the vineyard or water the vineyard without realizing that there were some grain seeds in the fertilizer or in the water or if a person was planting his field with grain seeds and the wind blew some of the seeds behind him into the vineyard, since the vineyard is behind him, he doesn't see the grain seeds in it and doesn't realize that the wind blew them there, then even if the seeds take root and spread without his knowledge, everything is motor. In all of these cases, the seed came into the vineyard as a result of the farmer's actions. Nevertheless, since these events happened without his being aware of them, it doesn't become oser. This is learned from the poshok You shall not plant your vineyard claim, which implies that the person does so knowingly. This in turn teaches that the next part of the poshok so that the produce hamaleya, so that the produce doesn't become prohibited also applies when the vineyard was planted with climb intentionally. Although planting this claym did not become oser, once he discovers it growing in his vineyard he must uproot it at his earliest opportunity. Otherwise, it will become prohibited on account of maintaining claim as we learned in the previous Mishnah. So as the Re'ah V'sirate HaRuach L'Achorov Mutter then even if the seeds took root, it's going to be Mutter. S'irate HaRuach L'Fona However, if the wind blew the seeds in front of him into the vineyard, what should he do? So, since the grower saw the seeds falling into the vineyard, seeds will to remove them. However, since it's very difficult to remove seeds that were scattered through the vineyard, as we know from the Mishnah in the beginning of Elam that, you know, how much seeds can he pick up already? The Chacham did not require him to do this, to remove the seeds. So what should he do? So that's what the Hemshech mishnah is going to explain. Reb Kiva says if the seeds have just sprouted and are like grass, he should plow the field to turn over the roots and destroy the infant plants. When the grain seeds first sprout, they emerge from the ground as green shoots and look like blades of grass. These then develop into stokes with very small kernels that are not yet edible. The kernels at this stage are still green. When the kernels finally develop to a third of their full size, they are somewhat edible and are classified as dogon. Once the seeds have sprouted, plowing the field destroys the roots and kills the plants. Vim aviv if he let them grow until the young plants have emerged, that is, they have grown to the point where the stalks and their kernels have developed, but the kernels have not yet reached a third of their full size, he should shake the kernels out of the ears and bury them, and he may then use the rest of the plants for straw. Although klei kileh is usually burnt, green kernels are hard to burn because they are too moist. It is therefore better to bury them. There is no concern that this may cause them to start growing again, because such immature kernels cannot produce new plants. The kernels which have not yet reached the size where they can be considered produce are only awesome as The rabbonon acid them because they look like grain that people might want to maintain. Once they have been removed, however, the Chachamim were not, machmer with a straw and allowed it to be used and if he allowed it to grow to the point where it brought forth grain, that is, where it reached a third of its full growth, the entire plant must be burnt. Once the grain has reached this stage of development, it becomes Osr as Klaim and The Isr of climate and extends to the straw as well, and the entire plant must therefore be burnt, in keeping with the of Kalei The Mishnah discussed only the halacha of grain. However, grapes also become forbidden if they reach the size which they considered fruit. The Mishnah focuses on the grain only because it needs to tell us the different rules that apply at different stages of its growth. Hamakaim Kitzimbakara. Mishnah Cheth. Hamakaim Kitzimbakara. If a person maintains thorn bushes in a vineyard, the history of clam of the vineyard applies only to the kinds of species that people sometimes plant and maintain. It's learned that from Apostle that refers to the seeds of the species planted in a vineyard as Hazera Ashatizra, the seeds that you plant. This teaches that the isra applies only to the species who seeds people sometimes plant and maintain in their fields. By extension, the isra maintaining climb also applies only to the species that are sometimes cultivated and maintained. The Mishnah discusses which species fall under this category. So, a creates makai, a ma'kaiyuk for a person maintains thorn bushes in a field, in a vineyard. Rebeleza says he prohibited both the vineyard and the thorns for benefit. Since people in Arabia grow and maintain thorn bushes to use as food for their camels, this is considered a species that people plant and maintain. According to Belezer, as long as people somewhere in the world cultivate a species, it's considered a species that people plan to maintain, even in places where it's not cultivated. For example, if only people in Arabia use these thorn bushes for their camels, but the people in China don't, it's still going to be others for the people in China. <laughs> and the Chachamim say, <laughs> Nothing as is a vineyard except for a species that maintained in that place. The Chacham don't consider the custom of Arabia enough to classify thorn, thorn bushes as a min that people are mekayim all over the world. So thorn bushes outside of Arabia do not answer vineyard. However, the Chacham agree that a thorn bush in Arabia would be considered a min hamaskayim, and that would be a The eros. What's the eros? The Rav and the Rambam use an Arabic word that's translated as dandana. This refers to a species known as Keterach officinarum, a small fern that grows in the cracks of rocks and stone walls. Other identities identify this as the iris. It would be iris. Ivy. Kisum is ivy. Translation following Yerushalmi, which would be Kisus or Kisum, like the Mishnah in Sukkah. Sheshan as is, is a white lily. And the Rav identifies this as a type of rose. is rum, and all other similar types of seeds are not climbing in a vineyard. This is because these species are not generally cultivators, so many of these things are wild. Hakanbois, hemp. Hemp is a plant whose stalks contain tough fiber that's used to make rope and cloth, canvas, and the hemp seeds are edible. We know this from Bhav Matsya. Rebtar says it's not climb, but will climb. The chhomas say it is climb. Why? Ritavrin doesn't consider hemp to be climbing a vineyard because it's cultivated mainly for its fiber and not for the use of food. The Chachamim, however, holds that since hemp is also cultivated for its edible seeds, it is a climb. hakinras climb by caramel. and an artichoke is climbing a caram. Although artichoke plants can last for several years on the ground, they are treated as vegetables in regard to climbing the vine and not as trees, which do not become climb in the vineyard. Ad